want to welcome all you thousands of listeners tonight to our podcast number 29, Grace Mont, and we have a special guest, but before I introduce her, I am Apostle Duke here with Apostle John Luke, and it's time to do the song. Well, it's also time to introduce our very special guest, right? We gotta do the song, man. We gotta do the song and then we'll introduce her. Okay, here we go. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Excellent. All right, now introduce our guest. Well, she's almost not a guest. She's been here so many times now. Yes, Martha Brame, who is also a pediatrician. A super smart lady, lives out like in the woods, adventurist, <laughs> uh, staunch Christian, totally committed to Christ, and she is here tonight to help us as we discuss some of our current issues in our local church that John Luke will expound upon, and then I, I'm going to be the left uh, servant Martha, is that, did I say that right? Is yeah, to, that's disi- good. Disciple Martha. Disciple Martha. Disciple Martha. Yeah. Disciple Martha is yeah. going to be the right commentator. And John Luke will be our narrator. And without further ado. All right. Okay, I'm going to say, you also can find... Martha's Amazing Stories at MarthaBrame.com, M-A-R-T-H-A-B-R-E-H-M. On, and you find her on Pinterest and on Facebook. Is that where else you find? Yes. Yep. Well, okay. mainly Pinterest I okay. think would be the big one. And, and thanks for that great introduction, guys. Yeah. That was, that was wonderful. <laughs> thanks. Well, we're glad you're here. We're, we're very glad you're here. You add a lot. So when when you're on, we have we have larger audiences. What do you, it's like twelve, fifteen thousand? Is that what you said? Yeah. Doing? Oh, easy, yeah. easy. She has a yeah. follow. She has a following. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, it it oh, actually, gosh. our 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 listenership goes up ten times when you're on. So I guess we should have you all time. So tell us what you've been up to. Tell us what you've been up to. What you're passionate about right now. I'm passionate about getting the next story out. I've, I've been working hard. So um, hopefully that's going to come out like in, in the next either tomorrow or the day after. So just getting a few of those last things. So I'm pretty passionate about that right now. So uh, I'm happy about that. And also we have the week of the fourth here at the lake is, is huge for us. So usually our kids are, are all here and all their friends. And Robin and Dana have been a guest of ours before on this big, fourth of july weekend that was so much fun too so we're just coming off the really big fourth of july week which was was awesome i have um can you give us any hints about what your story's about any teasers uh it's about an episode that i had or an encounter that i had at panera at panera bread so it's a panera bread uh encounter from a couple of years ago and um then it's it's about more than than bread but (laughs) (laughs) and just fyi i have been on your website i read several of your stories and they are inspirational 
they're they're moving and they're real stories about real people and if you want to feel inspired and motivated then go there hey I was gonna ask you how often do you write do you post a story like not as often as I should. Okay. Okay. But you have (laughs) quite a few up there now, right? Yeah, I I do now. I think there's probably about 12 or something now. But um, it just depends on the season of life on how busy I am. But um, I should do it more. And I'm thankful that Robin helped me along the way. He was wonderful. He did some editing for me. And I just appreciated that so much. So he's part of the overall Uncommon Story story. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a very small part, but I appreciate it. Well, no doubt. anything else? Everything's good? Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So I have a really sad story to tell. It's a story. It's, it's, it relates to what's going on all over the country where all of these traditional denominational churches, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, whatever, they're slowly dying. You know, people don't go to them anymore. And, and it's, uh, you know, people die and no, no new people come in. Um, the, they have a big fight and there's a split in the church because one set of people likes a preacher and one doesn't. Or, or there's a pedophile youth director or something and everybody runs away because they don't want to be associated with the church anymore and stuff like that and before you know it the poor Mm -hmm. church is closing its doors have you witnessed that in your area i have as well and um and and actually been part of that in in a church before as well so and and it actually makes me really sad to see that because uh, as a as a christian i want all of the churches to be strong and I want people to be excited about the news and the message that we have. So it's always discouraging and sad to me when, when that occurs, when you see some of them start to just uh, wither away and close their doors. But I've seen that as well. The, the worst is the infighting, you know. That's, mm-hmm. And there's always one side claiming that the Holy Spirit is on their side. The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. never sides with one side and, and tries to destroy the church i mean that's it's not how that works is it does the holy spirit ever tell you to destroy a church well and i think it comes back to jesus you know even when you look at at jesus he talked about one of the things that should characterize the people that follow him is unity just as he and the father are one then he and and the the people who are following him it's that unity and so that doesn't represent Jesus well when you see a lot of divisions and and people who are um, just causing fractions and, and divisions within the church so it doesn't represent him well when when that occurs right what I've I've seen this happen twice and then almost kind of a third time at our church where there'll be team preacher and team everybody else and mm-hmm. uh the team preacher will claim, you know, you're supposed to follow the preacher. He's the pastor. You're supposed to follow him. Uh, that's it's, And they'll quote all this scripture, and they'll say the Holy Spirit is moving them to follow the preacher because the preacher said to do this. But the other side saying, yeah, well, the, the preacher keeps lying to us. He keeps, 
and he keeps doing things that are mean. That's that's not the Holy Spirit. That's that's man and his uh, iniquities coming out. And and you're following a man who is not nice, and he's a liar. <laughs> so and mm-hmm. and so that's that's been the same problem with the previous preacher and our current preacher. And it's it's really disheartening. Our our church when we yeah. started there. Apostle Duke has not been there as long as we have, but when we started there, there were 2,500 people coming to church every Sunday, and they had two services, and it's a huge building. I don't know. Have you ever been in it? You haven't ever been in it, have you? I haven't been in it. It's huge. It's- I'll, I'll let you pick back up, but as I listen, it just reminds me of, of a quote that I heard. It talks about we have gotten so good at doing church, we've forgotten to be the church. And I think when you were asking about all those divisions, sometimes people... Um, get sidetracked into their own wants and desires and about how they think church should be and how it should be done. And we forget about actually being the church. We're so invested in just um, in, in the functionality of, of our roles inside the church that we think that we need to, to have. And it's unfortunate. And, and from, the, from the, the side of the left, I guess, I I think we are witnessing uh, John Luke and I something that has just always gone on. It's there since the beginning of time. Religion has there's been these fractions and these. I mean, people have fought wars over religion, and uh, I mean, churches split and people go different ways. And uh, 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 John Luke and I mentioned bef- here a minute ago that. I've heard that one of the most dangerous things in the world is a man who's convinced he's right. And if he's convinced he's right and someone else convinced they're right and we have different religions and we have different fractions of even the same religion. And and I think that's just kind of what's playing out before our eyes is you have two teams and they're, they're entrenched in their uh, theology, ideology, the way they want to, and and it and it's it's messy. It's it's this is messy. And, and and but in comparison to throughout history, it's pretty minor, you know. So <laughs> I <get it. laughs> well, I go ahead. I'd say um, it is messy. Um, I think what you're describing, though, is a a problem with human nature. Uh, you, you reference religion. I don't think it's just in religion. I mean, you can look on. Facebook during elections or whatever. I, I think human nature is to want to be right and to argue over that. And, and for, it's unfortunate when we bring it into the church because really Jesus taught, don't, you know, let's, let's be different. Let's be different than everybody else. And so sometimes, unfortunately, it still gets brought in to the church. But I think what you're talking about is really display of human nature and, and how we are. That's a good inside. point. You're right. Because it happens in politics. It happens in OU and OSU and <laughs> North and South and, you know, mm-hmm. Russia and the United States and female, male, on and on and on, you know. So you're right. That's a good point. This, By the way, this is working better. You're already 58% uploaded right now. Wow. <gasps> yeah, so I think, I think this is the way to do it from now on because we can hear okay. you great, you know. Yeah, but, and you look you look better too. You're, you're not... <laughs> I mean, on my 
Hang on, let me back up. Let me back up. Let me dig out of that one. You've done something different with your hair, too, haven't you? you It's just in a ponytail because it was 103 today, and I just came in from came uh, from outside <laughs> but I, I think what's helping too is I'm doing the iPad and I do think um, downloading that app and going through the app is making it faster hopefully okay. excellent so I guess what I I am so I'm so disgusted today I've talked to so the, what was happening in our church is the preacher was berating some of our members from the pulpit uh, there, the there's some members offered him a severance package because he wasn't, you know, the church isn't growing, it's dying, it's going to die no matter who's there probably, but, but, and he was he'd been really mean to the uh, administrator and he finally got the deacons to, to get onto the personnel committee to make them fire the fire the administrator, which they have no business doing in our church because it's a constitutional run church and the committees run thing, but anyway, he. Uh, he went around that and did what he wanted to get done finally, and they did it. And so that created a, a division in the church, him usurping the power of the committees. And he wants to make it to where just he and the deacons run the church. He doesn't want to have committees anymore. Of course, who does that take out of any of the running of the church? Because women can't be deacons or preachers in the Southern Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it completely takes women, and we have... 20 women or, or more that serve on the committees and, and they're good they're good women they know their stuff mm-hmm. they're professionals and stuff of course I think it's dumber than stink to not have women involved but that's a whole big thing in the Southern Baptist Convention right now anyway that's anyway so the the pastor was berating these guys and he got all his his he's got these four deacons that are his minions and they were sending horrible nasty emails and then they got some of the other people who follow the preacher like he's God or something, and they started sending nasty emails to these people. I mean, horrible things. Like, uh, you you can only imagine that it's like you should, you're, they were saying he would be cursed and go to hell and all this stuff. Mm. Just because they offered the, the, they're good. These are two of the men, too, that work the most. This one, the, uh, they, what they did is they offered, the pastor severance packages and asked him to leave and it was the, the our trustees and a couple of the deacons and some people from the personnel committee and mm-hmm. but he he's a a fighter and a nut so he he wouldn't even look at it and so he's attacking these two guys one of them is a, a financial dude that really really helps our church in a lot of ways he he makes sure that all the money spent where it's supposed to be spent. The other guy is one of those guys, he shows up at 6 a.m. on Sunday and opens the door, gets the coffee ready. He's the head usher. Uh, he's a deacon. He helps the widows. He gives them money. He, uh, there, was a, there was a guy that was a creeper at our church and ended up getting thrown in jail. He's the only one that went to see him from the mm-hmm. church. And, he's, and now he's taking care of his stuff as he's dying in the nursing home. He, all his family left him. So this guy's still taking care of that guy. And so anyway, he's a good dude. Both of them are. And the pastor's bashing him from the, the pulpit. And this last week, the pastor, it, it, it was an all-time low in my history of being in church 
when the pastor was going on about them being Judaizers, he calls them Judaizers because the Judaizers are the ones that wanted all the new converts to uh, obey Jewish law. And he finds this scripture where Paul tells them that, well, if you're going to insist that they be circumcised, they should just cut the whole thing off. I don't know where he found that. I've never seen that scripture. And so he said it twice. So he suggested that these two men should have their genitals cut off. Is that is that what you want to hear your preacher saying? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. So, so that's where we are. I when that, I tried to stay out of it because I, I didn't want to be this guy's target either. But just when I heard that, I said, okay, I got to stand up and do something. So. I've been going around interviewing people to do a podcast about it. I've I've got mm-hmm. two people recorded, and I've I've talked to four other people, and so what I'm going to do is send out a letter to say to all the church members that either the pastor leaves or I'm doing a podcast, and I'm naming these people for being wicked. Well, <laughs> it's just it's. Um... Once again, it's sad and discouraging, um, and, and especially when you look at how we're supposed to um, how we're supposed to live life and do life together, and in these groups of churches, and and it's it's outlined really how to go about disagreeing with someone, and so there's a reason for that because no matter how good of people. Um, we try to be, there's always disagreements and people are always going to look at things differently. And so there has to be some kind of way of going about reconciling differences and and coming up with a plan to move forward. And so there there really is, you know, I, I try to put things in one of two baskets. And and one is um, the, the bear with one another. And, and there are times that we just need to, you know, if it's not a an issue that is is going to be life altering or life changing or church changing or whatever. Sometimes we just have to bear with one another, and we're going to have some differences. And sometimes we're going to do what you want to do, and sometimes we're going to do a different way. Uh, but then there are some things that are really really crucial things, and if if it's something that that needs to be addressed, and and it's just not an optional thing, then you really are supposed to go and sit down with that person and talk with that person. And then if you can't reach an agreement, then um, there's additional people that go with you and you go and address that person. And and so there's this whole formal way of kind of trying to reconcile differences. And it's just um, disappointing um, when, when we can't, uh, when we can't talk through those things and be humble enough to realize that sometimes we're wrong and that someone else is right. And that is about humility and just not always thinking that you have to be right and that you're always right. And when people approach that from, well, I can't be wrong, then it's very hard to reconcile that. And so that's another reason Jesus just talks about, and you've talked about it numerous times um, in your podcast about just how important humility is. And and it is. There's a problem when someone can't be humble and um, and work through some issues and say, I may be wrong on this. So, hate to see that happen. It's sad. We've tried what you're talking about to do that. 
But mm -hmm. the pastor has circled his minions and he's attacking these men rather than trying to come to some sort of agreement. They actually asked me to be the referee between the two sides, or I actually volunteered, and I did. So they had a meeting because the pastor swore up and down he was wanting to reconcile. I said, okay, and I told his representative slash henchman that he must be ready to apologize before the church and apologize for all the harm he's caused these two men and mention them by name, or three men, there were three of them. And he goes, well, you know, I think he's really sincere. I said, okay. So we got to that meeting and they had no intention of reconciling. Aww. They were they went back to attacking. And so the the other side said, we have this complaint and this complaint and this complaint and this complaint about your behavior, Pastor. And he would say, I just don't agree with that. No, that's not true. We go, he acts like this. So picture this, you've got a guy who's caught on six cameras in the middle of the street shooting, shooting his, you know, some, his boss in the head. And there are 20 witnesses out, out on the street to see it, okay? So he's sitting with okay. the cops across the desk. And they say, well, we got you. I want you to sign this paper saying you're guilty because we've got, you know, we got you on video shooting the guy in the head. And he goes, no, that's, that's not me. We go, well, no, it's you. We got you on video. We can see very clearly it's you. No, that's somebody wearing a mask like me or something. That wasn't me. He goes, well, no, that's, that's not reasonable, sir. No, I don't agree. He goes, well, okay, well, we got 20 witnesses. Well, they're lying. All 20 of them say the same thing? They're lying? Yeah, they're lying. That wasn't me. That's what it is dealing with this pastor because he has a borderline personality disorder. And it's if you look up targeting border, borderlines with targets of borderline personalities and manipulation of borderline personalities, this guy is textbook. And I don't know. He got hired because he's really smooth and slick. He's got a dad that was a lawyer and two brothers that are lawyers. And he's just... He was really, when you first meet him, he's kind of charming. But when you get to know him, he'll sit there and look you in the eye and just smile, kind of like Miss Nunnery used to do. Smile. Oh, yes. yes. Smile, but his eyes have venom in them. And everything yeah. he says, he'll say, I bless you, brother, you know, and, and I'm going to get you kicked out of the church because you're Satan. He'll mm. say that with a big smile. You know, it's, it's the guy's nuts. Yeah. So anyway, that's what we're dealing with. So so uh, anyway, that's what I want to do the podcast on. I've gone around and interviewed all the people he's been mean to. And who would not want to listen to a podcast that talks about a psychotic, abusive <coughs> Southern Baptist minister? <laughs> I think that'll get a lot of play. Oh, it, it and I it, it probably will get a, get a lot of play. Uh, to me, that is so. Once again, just sad because it, it, it doesn't it doesn't help anyone, and I just don't understand why someone wants to stay in a position where you're not wanted. Um, and again, I think sometimes we uh, we prize prestige and position over what's beneficial. And especially for other people. And um, if, if you're not wanted in a position, then um, you would hope that, that we find grace to step down and let someone else do it. Because honestly, God has a lot of, of positions open to do. I mean, there's, there's a lot. There's just so many, as Jesus would say, that the, the harvest is ready. 
I mean, the, if you can, you can look it out the fields and there's just um, all this work to be done. And I love how Jesus said, pray for workers. And just because we leave one area where we're serving God doesn't mean there's not a hundred other places that you can go and still be incredibly useful and, and build the kingdom and all those things. So um, perhaps he will, he will realize that there are other areas that he could serve other than just being the pastor of your church. So that would be helpful. Yeah. I just had an epiphany while you were speaking there. Mm. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> okay. So Good. Jesus was talking to sane people. His message doesn't apply to a lot of crazy people. They can't understand it. They can't live by it. They can't do it. What 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 happens to crazy people? I guess they get an automatic ticket to heaven by being crazy. I don't know, but but that they cannot do it. All these things you were talking about about reconciling and stuff, he is incapable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think sometimes we harden our hearts, but I would say for the other, yeah, I had a friend who just gave the best story. She was so sweet. Um, we were doing a Bible study together and, you know, you had to, all these questions you answered every week and you came together and talked about them. And, and she was uh, answering one of the questions and she said, yeah, I was just super busy this week and I just didn't have time to get to the lesson. And so I was trying to work on it last night. And instead, my neighbor has a son who um, has a syndrome that um, he, he has, his IQ is lower. And so the parents don't like to leave him at home and he's usually there with them but for some reason he he got brought back to the house before the parents were there and so he came over to my friend's house and said my parents aren't home could I come in and she said sure and so he came in and of course she's trying to work on her bible study lesson and uh, she said it was so cute she said I got to this one and I just wasn't really sure what they were asking couldn't figure out really what the answer was and so I just Ask the young man over there. I said, hey, what do you think about this question? Answer, and she said, you know, he gave me the best answer I, I've heard from anybody in this group. And she said, even though his, his IQ may not be very high, he had insight that I can't explain. And she said it was actually just so sweet for me to see because I worry about people who I think may not be you know, quote, smart enough to get it. And then I realized that the gospel is made so simple and so easy that anybody can get it. And that's, to me, just um, makes, my, makes me happy to realize that, that God can cut through anything. And whether that's an inability to, to, um, to have a lot of high academic logic or... It, or, or any of those things, physical handicaps, that, that he can make things or reveal things in ways that, um, that we're surprised at. So even, even somebody um, with mental health issues or even like who, who you're talking about with personalities that are different, they can still, if they're humble enough, God can reveal those things to them. And I, I think it's the posture of being willing to want to hear him. I don't, I, I still have trouble. That's okay if you I disagree, have, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <It's> my <laughs> podcast, I can disagree if I yeah. want to. So. That's 
Uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking this this guy. It's it. I believe he has a borderline personality disorder, but he also has narcissistic characteristics. So humble, he's not. It's just not part of him. And I don't know. He needs the Holy Spirit to intervene and make him humble. Maybe, maybe that can happen. Mm-hmm. But as it stands mm-hmm. right now, he he doesn't. What I see and what I've seen of people with personality disorders, you know, my father had a personality disorder. Uh, so I'm, I've dealt with this all my life. But they cannot, most of them cannot change. It's it's not easy to change a personality disorder. For instance, I, I was talking about our, our psych professor early, earlier, how he, uh, he would do the role plays. It's like our first year of medical school, he'd do mm-hmm, the role mm-hmm. plays of the different personality disorders. And he mm-hmm. would give. Them, I still remember them all. Yeah, me too. He would give these people <laughs> names. Okay, tell me who was the passive aggressive one. Mr. Pritchard. No, he was. No, Are Mr. you talking about the angry? He was the angry one. Yeah, he was the uh, uh, anal yeah. retentive guy. Who? Yes, yes. What, who was that? Then the passive aggressive. Was, was that, that Mr. One? Man? Maybe the passive aggressive one. It might have okay, been. Okay, we need to we need to get our behavioral. Uh, <laughs> psych book back out I thought I knew them all but I, I must not I can't remember sure which one it was but when he was role playing that guy I looked at him and I said dad that was my dad everything mm-hmm. he was doing was stuff my dad would do you know it was and mm-hmm. so anyway so I my father bless his heart lived his life it was a disaster from start to finish by the time he died, everybody was glad he was gone. You know, it was really sad. At, in fact, I wanted at his funeral, I wanted to sing "Thank God" and "Greyhound, He's Gone," but my Ooh. brother wouldn't let me. You know, because so I know how personality disorders are, and they are not easy to fix. I, I've been looking, I've been reading online about them, and there are some treatments for for uh, borderline personality disorder. But the best thing for them is group therapy. And they have to admit that they have that first. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't see this guy ever doing that. You know, so I don't think he's mm-hmm. going to get better. Yep. I, I totally agree with you on that. You know, naturally, are they able to do certain things? And, and you know, no. I mean, there are reasons why. But I do think that God can do that. And, um, and you would hope as a pastor that he would, um, he would be open to that, but maybe not. And what you've been really quiet. What are you thinking? So I think, uh, I think our pastor, I was going to say apostle Duke ditched us a while back. So he, he hadn't had to deal with him. No. Yeah. Well, I kind of did. I kind of, I'm going to their Sunday school class now and I, but I've not been going to the church service, and 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 I did. I don't really like the way he preaches. He's very intense. He's very convinced. He is. Uh, he he. I mean, I. So my side of the deal is. And and we could disagree with it. He's the real deal. He is, he sold out on his mission. And so I, that's where I kind of, my deal is, and, and, and 
And John Luke has a good point. I mean, because, I mean, I don't know. Is there anybody that doesn't have some kind of personality something <laughs> to one degree or another? And and he he is uh, he is uh, I mean I mean he when he preaches he he, he just his feet are going left right left right left right and he uh, sometimes he won't even look at the the congregation. He's just because God is just, he's just man. He, he always has his eyes closed and he's always looking down, always. and and he, and he's always moving, just moving, yeah. moving, and uh, so I have the uh, the opinion that uh, that he is convinced, and in some respects, I mean, when you when you look at biblical, the way that the way the the biblical uh, structure is the pastor is the leader. I, I'm trying to just hear, think, what is he thinking? What is he thinking? You're you being know, the, the devil's con- advocate. <laughs> I'm being the devil's advocate. I am. I am. I, I, and I think it's. I think it's unfortunate. I think they they both sides really believe in their heart that they are. Uh, they 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 have the the weight of you know, preponderance of evidence on their side, tipping toward their side. And it's, and it's just, but here again, in some respects, I, I think I've seen this all through history. It's just, I mean, you think about who was it that, that nailed the stuff on, uh, you know, this John Luther, Martin Luther, Martin Luther. Martin Luther. Yeah. And because he had that such a, such a staunch disagreement with his church and i also ha- have some uh i watched some stuff on when they were translating the bible from uh uh whatever i know it was hebrew and greek and then some of them could read this like the priest and then they tried to uh translate it into the people's language and and they burned them at the stake that's how mad they were uh, about their disagreement, and so I think it's kind of—I don't know how this is going to work. In some, how this is going to flesh out. In some respects, um, it's kind of—I—I just—I watch it, but I don't, and I don't think it'll change. I don't think—I think a think hundred years from now, whoever's out there will say, "Oh, we're in a church now," and they're thinking about going AI, they're going to have an AI pastor <laughs> and the congregation <laughs> says, we're not going to have no AI pastor. And they're going to, and then they're going to get, it's just, it's just, well, to your, uh, disciple Martha, to your point, people are ingrained in there. Every human is biased, right? And, and, and if, if you get in those biases and you can't get out of those, but see, I think that's where religion says, will I bow? You know, like, like, will I bow to that idol? And, and as a staunch Christian, I am never, <laughs> you know, and, and I think he's think he's honoring God. I, that's where I think I am now. I think, I think you're right. Both sides believe they're doing what's right. I think the pastor believes God is on his side and he's convinced all his henchman that God is on his side. Our side believes that just in truth and justice, and God's not really involved in this. This is a fight between men. 
and that's it's uh, spiritual warfare at its at its, it's core it's I, not, I well our side is not doing spiritual warfare it's talking yeah, about I'm just practical saying. pragmatism of doing what's right and following the constitution that's been part of the church you know for 60 years that's yeah that's what we're that's what we're at and it's well whatever it is it's probably the devil at work that's pitted the two sides <laughs> against each other so to destroy the church and that's what's happening the church is going to die for sure yeah it's, well it, it's okay, almost what, i started with saying it, we had 2500 people as a sunday when we started there almost 30 years ago now it's down to in church we'll have 120 and the the Ooh. place holds you know 1500 or so wow yeah you know it'd be interesting brought up something about he's he's adamant about his mission and it just made me wonder i wonder if you ask him what is his mission you know it because really oh. if his mission is to lead your church then that's off that's obviously not working well and so you know the the mission ought to be to go out and make disciples and if you take that seriously once again you have a lot of ways you can do that and not having to to hang on with your dear life to a position that you have, um, you, you got to be able to open up your hands and let that go. Um, if that's really not not what other people want, well, so he, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, he doesn't do much of anything at the church except preach on Sunday morning. He's actually they used to have a Sunday evening service. You know, Baptist churches have done that for years. Sunday evening and Wednesday mm -hmm. evening service. He's canceled both of those mm -hmm. so that he doesn't have to mm -hmm. do anything. And he's moved to Norman. It's 45 minutes mm -hmm. away from the church. So his oh, wow. kids can go to OU, you know, stuff like that. It's. Uh, what, what do you see as the best possible outcome? If he would just resign and, the, and tell everybody that he shouldn't have started this fight, fight in the first place and they should stay with the church, but that's that's not going to happen. He will resign and poison the water as he leaves. He's poisoning the water right now. So a bunch of people will leave. What what will happen mm -hmm. is if he does leave, then it'll leave a whole bunch of old people and some of the a fair number of the young people will leave. But the ones that are donating money are mostly the ones that will stay. <laughs> yeah, but so the church will be able to survive a little while longer, but there'll just be 50 people coming in this huge auditorium. It's 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 like on life support right now, and it's about this is going. This is taking us from life support to hospice, is what yeah. it's doing. <laughs> so yeah. if okay, so the problem is if the preacher takes it over and and runs off these other people that are trying to get him to leave, the the preacher will be able to get the congregation to vote to to delete the constitution and just just give him full power. And the church has assets of ten million dollars, which he can then take, if uh, and do pretty much control, do whatever he wants with it. If if uh, he leaves, then these other honorable people basically will still have control of the money, but they're going to all die off, and it'll end up that the Baptist charities will get it, which I think is a much better choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, neither sound very good. No, but. You know, ten. You you pit a couple of groups of people with ten million dollars between them. Yeah. Is that the Holy Spirit? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, no, I, that's I don't the devil. see a lot of. 
<laughs> I don't see a lot of operating of the Holy Spirit in the current situation. <laughs> no. Uh, they're using it, though. They're, they're saying the Holy Spirit's all over this, which is so sickening, you know, and cutting people's genitals off, you know. It's, it's a great situation. It's pretty sad. It's really sad. sad. Oh, shoot. Okay, who has some good yeah, news? It's sad. You, you had, didn't you have something you wanted to talk about? Disciple Martha, did you have something that you? No, I did not. No, okay. I didn't. I, no, when I talked earlier, I said I'm just happy to whatever whatever Christian stuff you bring up. I'm happy to just add to a comment if I have one. All right. Well, well, you know, go ahead. Uh, did so. I was asking about your church. Uh, if you if you have some place around there you go or do you go online or how do you what is your church experience like um i have my husband and i have a place that we go here i we've done um all kinds of different options you know when we lived in uh joplin uh we went to a, an older church when our kids were little that um is in one of the dom denominations that um that Apostle John Luke was talking about is is one of the older ones that uh, uh, in some ways are, are kind of dying out. And then we moved to Florida and we were in a church there and then we moved back to Joplin and we did a church plant um, mm. and and put a, a building in the poverty area town. And our goal was not to take people from other churches, which unfortunately I think a lot of times when somebody starts a new church is about taking other Christians with them. And really our goal was to make new disciples and especially in the neighborhood where our building was. We, were, <laughs> I love how God works. So we end up getting the building that's right beside the Lafayette house, which is where um, I did classes for the women coming out of addiction and domestic violence. And so it was really like a safe house. So typically they couldn't leave the building, but they, they let them come over on Sundays. Um, to our church because we were right next door. So it ended up being just a really cool building. And, and I in no way had any input on which building we moved into because when you have a super small uh, church plant, you don't have much money. So it's uh, it's finding some place to operate that, that you can afford. So it just happened to be there. And so I, I loved watching God work and, and just uh, started some kids programs because we realized a lot of the kids and the neighborhood would come home from school and there was nobody at their house and they had no dinner and um, they might be there until the evening alone and so just lots of things like that it was again it was a really small church so you you um, you're going to do a lot of serving and because there's not a lot mm, of people so right, um, yeah. that was that was good too I loved it and we did that and then we moved out here to northwest Arkansas and um, we're quite a ways from town, so we did a, a smaller church that was a lot of young 30-somethings, and um, I think we were one of the few couples that were over, you know, 55, <laughs> so that was really fun. I loved that, too, and then they bought a church building in Centerton and moved, so then we started going to a really big church, did a Saturday night, um, and then went to... Uh, they opened a branch that's closer to us. So it's still, we're in a fairly large size church right now, but love it. It's very mission minded. Um, 
I, I really enjoy meeting people sometimes in town and they'll they'll be talking about things they're doing and I'm like, I love that. You know, you're doing loads of, of laundry. You're paying for people's laundry in areas of town that don't have washers and dryers and they desperately need clean clothes and they'll just once a night or once a week go, you know, help people get their laundry washed and pay for it and then I'll find out that they're going to our, my church and I'm like, Yeah Yeah. <laughs> so That's so great. I do I I love our church here. I think it's it's great. They hope we're focused um, from leadership on first things first, and and it is, um, and that is how do we follow Jesus and how do we represent Him and in Northwest Arkansas. And so um, I'm all in on that mission. Yeah, good for you. I'm glad you're having that kind of experience. I, I still been... love you. <laughs> you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, <laughs> Apostle John Luke. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apostle John Luke. You get that right. <laughs> You're awesome. I, I want to be you someday. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> without the TM, oh, without the TMJ issues. TMJ. Yeah, yeah okay. that's totally true. Well, I want to be able to to do what you do. I've never met anybody who is able to juggle more balls and do them exceedingly well, and be efficient and and just I I, I marvel at you. I marvel at you, Apostle <laughs> Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to know you better so I can tell you all the great things that, that I know about you. I just know yeah. Apostle John Luke better. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure you're just a stellar guy, and I'll come up with things to tell oh, you. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Well. Okay. Yeah. So, um, anything else? You know, we're, we're at 47 yeah. minutes, but we can do some more if y'all have anything else you want to talk about. I'll only toss out one, one other thing. Um, because uh, I, I sent Apostle John Luca um, a podcast to listen to because it was about something in it was something that you guys had on a prior podcast, and I felt found intriguing. You brought up um, you were talking about forgiveness, and um, and this was probably I don't know five five six times ago, or I don't know maybe even ten, but uh, about. Jesus dying on the cross, and so how important that was to Christianity as far as um, looking at the doctrine of forgiveness. But you went on to, to the question was, is is the resurrection even meaningful? Why why did why does there have to be a resurrection? And um, and I just found that interesting. You had a discussion about that for a little while, and then I listened to this podcast, and so I sent it on to John Luke because I thought it, it had some references into why the resurrection is so important. Um, well, tell us some of those, because I totally, from, I absolutely blew you off because I've been working on this other thing. I did not <laughs> listen to it, so tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> it's so meaningful to know that you're <laughs> Well, I meant... I meant to listen to it, but I've been interviewing people today. I've been an investigative reporter today. Yeah. You have a real job. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I wasn't doing my real job. I was being an investigative reporter. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, gosh. I like being an investigative reporter, too. I, I do some of that. I like that. Um, anyway, it, it was great because it's a reminder of uh, what Christianity really is based on. 
And it was talking about in regards to scripture and kind of talking about is that essential and, and what part are we taking that has to be doctrine. And then it went on to talk about that Christianity is based on an event. And the event that Christianity revolves around or is based on is the resurrection. Because if there was no resurrection, nobody cares about Jesus. I mean, literally, he, he said all these things, he predicted all these things, but if, if, he couldn't, if he couldn't do what he said he was gonna do, and, and then he's just another person who said a lot of great things and then died and he's still sitting in the grave and nobody's talking about him. And that, that changed everything. So the resurrection was proof of that he, he had authority behind what he was saying. So, and even Paul, it, the podcast talks about, you know, all, how people reference that um, going forward. And, and it, the, the, the apostles and uh, just same thing. You know, if, if he didn't rise from the, the dead, why do I want to follow a fantasy? Why, why would I invest my time um, or, or most of them are martyred. Why would I die for some some guy that um, that that was just like everybody else? Because let's face it, a lot of people say some really good things, uh, but do I want to die over them? No, I don't. Um, so without the resurrection, it, why would you risk your life going around the Mediterranean Rim or going? Uh, living in Jerusalem where they're all trying to kill you for following a guy that they saw as uh, somebody who just blasphemed God and called himself God and, and wasn't. Um, so nobody really wants to do that. So Christianity really is based on that, that event. And because if, if he died and didn't raise again, who cares if he died? I mean, it's, it's like, we don't care. He's done. He's gone. But when somebody gets up out of the grave and walks away, then people are talking about it, and and it's and that is Christianity. It's based on an event, not on. Um, and, and you'll you'll enjoy the podcast. I don't I don't want to ruin okay. it for you, Apostle uh, John Luke. So um, uh, I'll be interested, and and you, Preston, you should listen to it. Well, see, yeah, see yeah. Think. I was gonna say, how can I get that? Because I'll I'll, I'll listen send it to you. It. I'll okay. it to you. Yeah. All right. Okay. So actually, yeah. what I was going to say when you got all finished was, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, tell me why. Tell me why. Yeah. No, I, I, still think, I still think Jesus' his teachings, even if you don't, if you, even if you can't believe all the rest of it, follow his teachings because you live a good life and those around you live a better life just from following his teachings even if you can't believe the things you believe, um, don't write him off like so many people just write him off now as, oh, I don't believe that. I, you know, all those Christians, they're awful. I'm not going to be a Christian. Whereas they could have an open mind and look at it like, okay, well, maybe I don't believe everything that mm -hmm. disciple Martha believes, but hey, this is the way to live your life. Jesus taught us to live our lives in a good way. So I don't know. that's that's right. all I'm well, saying about it. And actually, I think we're just talking about two different things. I'm talking yeah, about Christianity. Yeah. I'm talking mm -hmm. about being a Christian. For a Christian, if you're going to call yourself Christian, then one of the essentials is that 
is based on the resurrection. I, I totally agree. I'm, and, I'm and super can, happy that people follow what he teaches because I think you, your abs totally agree with you on that that makes life better. But when you were just asking about Christianity, why is the resurrection important for, for me, is to be, to be called a Christian, then I'm not going to be a follower. I, you know, I'm not signing myself up for a religion on um, a guy who, who said a bunch of things and then didn't do it. So I'm just putting it in regards to Christianity, not gotcha. whether it's a good idea to follow or not. We were talking apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Okay. And what I think Martha's talking about eternal life and heaven and hell. And I think, and, and John Luke, I think, was mentioning being a Christian is, is taking some of the things he taught. I mean, Confucius taught a bunch of great things. Buddha taught a bunch of great mm -hmm. things. So, But to be a Christian, I think, is is is... To Martha's point, you have—I think—you have to believe in the resurrection. You have to. You have to. That's fact. And then, and then that's 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 gospel. That's, exactly. There you go. Very good. Mm -hmm. It's gospel. It is gospel. Anyway, that's my. Right. So I'm done. All right. Well, I think we're about out of time. So I'm going to thank uh, Martha Brain from. For joining us, please Thank go you. to Martha yeah. Brain. Stop interrupting, man. <laughs> go to MarthaBrain.com and listen to her uncommon story. She's got another one that's coming out. You said tomorrow or the next day? Yeah, also. next couple of days. Okay, I'm excited yeah. to read it. And uh, if you want to ask us any questions, you can email Apostle Duke at ad1 at gracemont.com. Please do that, and we'd Please. love to talk about it next time. I'm so We're going to get the <laughs> – we're eventually going to get our uh, – we'll get this podcast about how to ruin a, a Southern Baptist church up and going. We'll have a series on that, and uh, hopefully some people can learn from it and not do it. So you know what it is? The biggest thing is, you know, when you run a business, don't – make a bad hire that's much worse than you know check the people out and make sure you hire the right person and so we hired the wrong preacher in the first place and the i talked to two people today who were responsible for bringing him in because he convinced them he was awesome and they've seen how it's all turned out and they both said i'm so sorry that i was a part of that you know which is pretty sad okay. so anyway so this is gracemont episode 29 I am Apostle John Luke. And I'm Apostle Duke. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Disciple Martha, and I love being on with you guys. Yay. It's fun. It's fun. And Disciple Martha figured out that she does better if she does this on her iPad. And and it's, it's working great. Okay. Well, bye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.